Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite concepts, and this is the concept of having the will to do something, having the will to transform, having the will to let go of a limiting belief or a behavior that doesn't serve or... Uh, an addiction or you know something compulsive an old part of yourself this is what I would like to talk about today on the podcast and I want to lump it in with something that I wrote a number of years ago and what I wrote a number of years ago was this blog called willpower is a dirty word I'm not going to link to the blog because I would rather just focus on here and now And what I talked about in the blog was this idea that we use willpower incorrectly. And it was based off of a conversation. I remember it very clearly. I was sitting with someone and this person said to me, oh, I just don't have the willpower. And I remember at the time feeling triggered, uh, possibly angry. And the anger came from this idea that I think or I thought at the time really activated me at the time it doesn't activate me so much anymore that this word is so overused and it's used in a way that we feel so strongly that we're going without things and we're going without things that make our lives so much better and people use it with things like drinking and smoking and overeating and I think to myself Why the hell do you need will to not disrespect yourself? And that was where I left off in that conversation three years ago. But I have developed a level of depth to my understanding of the human experience in the the three years that I've been doing the work that I'm doing. And through that, I have come to understand willpower in a new way in that you do need a force of will to be able to do something new, to be able to let go of a not serving behavior, uh, to be able to shift your identity. But that force of will is not will to go without. That force of will is the will to radically, radically love yourself. Radical, unwavering self-love. That is the force of will that you need. That is what comes up. So this, uh, the title of this podcast 
actually comes from something from Bubba Gump, believe it or not. So there's one thing that I will say about Bubba Gump. I've said a, a ton of nonsense about Bubba Gump in my life, and all of that was true in the moment that I said it because what I'm saying is true for me at the moment that I'm saying it. Our ideas about things change and shift over time. There have been certainly a lot of things about this particular restaurant that have not been great. But one of the things I will say about Bubba Gump in a very positive way is that they had one of the most incredible training programs that I have ever seen. And their training program, I would say, is world class. And it was designed by brilliant people. And there are concepts from that training program that I still apply to my work and my life to this day. And I would not be the human that I am without it. And the people that created it were beyond, beyond brilliant in, in the way that they created this this particular program. And I remember it was 2019 and we were having a training meeting this is February of 2019, and I remember a group of people, all but one, no, no long, to my knowledge, are no longer with the company. They were some of the, they were the best of the best. I mean, they were they were phenomenal. And we were in a room in uh, a theater down the street from the restaurant, and we were doing an all day. I think it was a two day training and all of these people were there along with the woman that really led that training program at the time and she was telling a story about how she and one of the other guys were discussing this person doing like getting up on a table and doing like a handstand on the side of the table this is again from memory so I might be butchering this I hope I'm not and she said to the other guy I don't have the strength and the one, the other guy who I really admire, I really admire these people, he said, but do you have the will? And that, and, and she told that story in that room and I have retained that story. And what I've come to learn is that I retain things that are applicable to my experience. I was certainly feeling very different about myself and my life at that period of time. I was rereading a journal from that old time and I was just, I mean, I have a yesterday's wins section of my journal and it was like a big deal if I made it through a day without drinking because I was, oh, oh, that's a win for me because I was still getting drug into this I had cognitive dissonance around my drinking so I still knew that it wasn't serving me and I knew that it wasn't good for my life but I was still going back and forth with doing it even though I never liked when I did it and it took until the end of that year I'm telling this story from the vantage point of February and it took until December the day after Christmas and the whole the whole shebang was not processing my dad's death that finally that finally did it uh that finally got me to a place where I'm like I really I'm not going to do this anymore. But do you have the will? And the way she told that story and the way that question was posed has stuck with me to this day because we do need the will. We need the will to do something. You do need the will and that will is radical, unwavering self-love. I love to think that it's not. 
because I grew up in this idea of work like workaholism and so I was bred through this uh, lineage of workaholism and I am currently I'm always reading but right now I'm reading a book that is centers in epigenetics and I've read a couple of books that talk about epigenetics and about the generational influences of uh, genes and how those can be passed down and there's a lot of interesting research in epigenetics if you want to do a deep dive but I was in the womb of my grandmother technically technically I was because a woman is born with all of her eggs so technically the egg that made me was in the womb of my grandmother I mean that's just a, a thing and as I look at the generations of women and I look at the, you know, the way that my mother was brought up and her generational trauma and my grandmother's generational trauma and what I know about her mother and what I know about my grandmother living in a fatherless, impoverished home and the way that her mother functioned, I, I have come to understand a lot of the fear-based tendencies that have been turned on in my experience. And the tendency to plug forward with ruthless abandon, not taking time to have any introspection about my experience. And it was not until, and I did that my whole life in jobs that were, I mean, quite frankly, like, I'm just going to be honest, like, I'm I'm far too educated to be doing. Like, but I, I like, I just felt like, oh, I got to keep plugging away. I got to keep making money. I got to keep just and plugging away, plugging away, plugging away. Plugging away is easy for me. But being able to take the time to ask myself the question, am I disrespecting myself? That's not as easy. And I didn't do that for many years. I did not, I would go to work sick. I would get mad when other people wouldn't go to work sick. If you called out sick, I would be mad at you. And that's pretty fucked up considering I didn't care enough about my own body's healing. I cared more about plugging away for someone else because that was more important and that was the what I was bred to believe was the way to be. And I practice a lack of self-love for most of my life up until 2020. Up until I actually up until 2018 when I had the incident where I got left at the airport. And then really when I got sober the day after Christmas 2019 was the, you know, those were kind of like the two fulcrums. If there could be two, uh, more than one fulcrum. Um, those were the two fulcrums that really brought me into this place of loving myself. I want to tell you something that I've learned from great people and I want to tell you that if you grew up in a in any environment that might have been traumatic for you and just about everything is traumatic for a child because a child cannot care for itself in any capacity so all of us have uh, small t trauma to a degree some people have big t trauma big t trauma I don't deal with big t trauma in my work like if if you have experienced big t trauma I do recommend uh, traditional psychotherapy I think that that's it a route that's necessary for you to be able to start working through some of that stuff and if you're in a place where all you have is overwhelming anger about your big t trauma like that is a place to go because that that's going to help you start making some sense of it the majority of us though outside of big t trauma have small t trauma and small t trauma is just a, a part of being alive and all of us have it 
And some of us grow up in environments where we're waiting for someone to come and save us from that environment. And you come to find, and through realizations, through all of this, that you are the person that's coming to save your younger self. You are the person that is coming to save you. It started with me in the day that my ex-boyfriend left me at the airport. I have no ill will toward this man. He didn't do anything to me. This was not a situation that happened to me. This was not a situation that was his fault. I was an active participant in that situation and I was unaware of all of my deep operating garbage that was putting pressure on him and that relationship and I was not healed. I was often hateful. I had a serious alcohol problem. I take responsibility for all of that. But when I was in a situation where it's the middle of the night, in the middle of January, I don't have a flight home, I get dumped at an airport, you know, my ex-boyfriend turns his phone off, blocks my number, whatever all that is. I had the benefit to just be able to see myself clearly for just a second in that I was not loving myself and hadn't loved myself for a very long time and because I was acting in that way I had the circumstances that I had and it takes an enormous force of will and self-love to be able to get out of that because I could have been a victim to that but instead I went home and I lost 52 pounds (laughs) like and I, I say that like oh I lost 52 pounds no I went home And I lost a whole bunch of weight and I didn't lose a whole bunch of weight because I was trying to look better to like make him jealous or anything like that. I lost a whole bunch of weight because I was not taking care of my body. My gut health was a mess. I hadn't pooped solid in years. I was, I I was so like in a state of stress and chaos and I didn't know how to consume nutrient dense food and I didn't know how to do any of those things. So I joined the whole life challenge and I started taking care of my body. I started putting food in my body that served my body. I started drinking water, never drank water. I was a three to six cans a day tab soda habit plus unlimited diet soda fountain drinks at the restaurant that I was working at. Never did a glass of water go into my body. And I thought that was perfectly normal. I thought it was perfectly normal to consume chemicals all day long. This is just what people do. Didn't realize that this was like working class Pennsylvania holdovers. Um, You know, but this is just what people do. They put chemicals in their bodies all day long. And um, I stopped that. And then a month, what, maybe a month later, a month and a half after the airport incident, I quit smoking cigarettes. You know why I quit smoking cigarettes? Because I wanted to love myself and I started to love myself through the process of healing. And as I was loving myself and feeling that love for myself that I hadn't felt in such a long time, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you disrespecting yourself? Why are you giving yourself cancer? And like negative consequences don't motivate us. So like the idea of getting cancer does not motivate you. So it doesn't motivate you to quit. 
diseased lungs on a cigarette pack will not motivate you to quit smoking. Sorry. <laughs> it just won't. It doesn't matter. Like, oh, you might be scared when you see the people. Like, I'm in the smoke-free app group on Facebook. Even though I'm five years quit, I still like to support and read the posts. And somebody posted some sad stuff today about lung cancer and receiving chemotherapy. Really sad stuff. And I remember seeing those kinds of things when I was a smoker. And it scared me. But it didn't make me want to stop. It didn't, it didn't do anything. All I wanted to do was avoid it. So it was really just that radical self-love. Like that radical self-love and being a couple weeks quit and running that super fast race. Like I went from running like 10 something minute miles to 830s in just like six weeks. And to understand. And then every day as I was able to breathe easier – because I never realized I couldn't breathe. And to, to like, I, and then I'm 32 years old and just realizing I can breathe for the first time in my life and feeling that healing happening in, in a body that I now love and care for, that was, that was unreal. And uh, it brought up a lot of emotion. Like, did you hate yourself so much that you made yourself not breathe? That you thought you didn't deserve to breathe? You hated yourself that much that you thought you didn't deserve to breathe. So you do need will. But you're not – this idea of going without something is not correct. You're not going without anything. You need the radical will to love yourself enough to know that you deserve to breathe, that you do not deserve to wake up sick, that you do not deserve to be hungover, to be, to be lost, to be, you don't deserve it. Like if you could take yourself out of your body and just become the observer of your life and you watched yourself, would you be, would you be rooting for that character or would you be crying for that character? Because I, I thought about myself and like some of these relationships I allowed myself in and as I, I took myself out of it, like just got out of myself for a minute and I, and I looked at these relationships. I was like, what the fuck? I remember there was a point where I was like I was with somebody and like it was like it was so clear that they were lying like every other day and I was like, oh yeah, it's fine, whatever. It's, you know, they're lying. It's fine. Okay. And it's like if you were like watching that movie – would you, be, would you be rooting for that person that's being lied to? Or would you be like screaming at the television? Why don't you wake up? Why don't you wake up? Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. What's going on? So do you have the will? Is it going to be painful? 100%. Like breaking an addiction is fucking painful. It is going to be painful. But do you deserve your current life? Or, are you, or is that character someone you're crying for because they're disrespecting themselves so badly? Because if it's the latter, like the pain's worth it. You need the will. The will to do it. Like who, who is the person that you're showing up as in your life? And, and do you have the will to be a, to be a better one? Like to be somebody that, that is courageous enough to love themselves enough to show up 
for themselves. I like to think, I really do, I love to think that we could disguise it under the guise of work harder. Because again, as I mentioned, through epigenetics and through my upbringing and all kinds of things, that's what my brain wants to default to. My brain wants to say, no, I just worked harder. But that's not the truth. The truth is it had nothing to do with how hard I worked. It has to do with the fact that I had the courage to love myself. If you don't have the courage to love yourself, it doesn't fucking matter how hard you work. It doesn't matter. You will hate yourself. You will look like you hate yourself. And the world can tell when you hate yourself. So try not to hate yourself because the world can tell. We know. Everybody can see it. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. It only really is true if we hate ourselves, right? Like there's emptiness, but that's a whole deeper, that's a whole deeper thing, right? If you've experienced self-hate, you can identify self-hate in someone else. And um, it's just a matter of, of plugging forward. There's this reel that I did and there was some audio I put in the background. It was like trending at one point. I don't remember. I don't remember even who the audio is of, and who the speaker is and but it was all about this this whole thing of nobody's going to believe in you until you've already done it. And that rings true for me very, very deeply. But it also rings true that people did believe in me. And the people who believed in me were the people who believed in themselves. And the people who didn't believe in me were people who didn't believe in themselves. And right now... My algorithm has pretty much filtered out everybody that doesn't believe in themselves. I don't get any, like all of the self-loathing people that I have known in my life have fallen out of my orbit. They've, they, they don't, they're not interested in me. I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they think I'm a hypocrite from my years of being hateful. Who knows? Um, I don't care. But there are people that aren't going to believe in you, but those are the people that don't believe in themselves. So you are the average. This is the Jim Rohn quote. You are the average of the five people closest to you. So who are those people? And do they believe in themselves? Do they love themselves? Are they courageous? You do need will. You do need will. You need a force of will that is bigger than God because God is love and you are God. God, guru, and self are the same. So what is it? I, I say a lot that building a business is as hard, if not harder, than running marathons. I believe that. I think I would have failed at continuing to build my business had I not done this with my body first. You need a force of will bigger than, bigger than anything for both of these things. And it's not being able to withstand pain. It's knowing that not having it is pain. Like knowing that the, the alternative is pain. Going through the pain of doing something to improve your body, going through the pain of doing something to improve your circumstances or anything like that, that pain is less than the pain of daily disrespect. Daily disrespect is massive pain. That is humongous pain. So if you're in chronic pain, if you're the frog boiling in the water, like it's time to recognize, to wake up. Do you have the will? Do you have the will to go through pain because right now you are in greater pain? And someday you'll be in even greater pain. 
The brain doesn't understand the future. It doesn't care about it. You're in pain now. We're in pain. Pain. And is that pain getting any less? Is that pain intensifying? I love to say this. This was my second ever, I think it was my second ever podcast episode, Eliminating the Rock Bottom. It was all about how do we have to have a rock bottom? Like in terms of like stopping drinking, right? Did I need to have a rock bottom? I think I had two. And uh, my friend Elliot said to me in early sobriety, rock bottom is just being the fullest away from your fullest potential, the furthest away from your fullest potential. And uh, that's what he said to me. And I thought that the moment at the airport was my rock bottom. And then that Christmas day, or Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, really, the uh, the anniversary of my father's death when I, at 30, whatever I was, 34, 35, I don't know, 2019, when I couldn't handle my emotions because I hadn't processed the passing of my parent and I'm sitting with my family and one of my family members who I will do the, the kind courtesy to not name looked at me at her after I had been crying for two days. I'd been for crying for two days because my ex-boyfriend was taking his ex-wife on a 10-day vacation, which I was fine with happening, but it was just settling in that I had allowed myself to be in such a relationship for such a long time and such an incongruent relationship. Again, there's nothing with him. He's a fine person. It just was incongruent for me and it was misaligned for me, not incongruent, incongruent with what I, my values, but, but also like misaligned for me. Like we weren't right for each other. It was a reactive relationship. And um, we knew that, I, I think. I think that we knew that we weren't right for each other for a long time and we don't want to be unloved. You know, we want to continue to try to fight the good fight, whatever. But that, I, I didn't have the emotional capacity to process that. So, of course, that just manifested in anger. And then when the anger got to be too much, I started crying and couldn't stop because I was drunk. And that was one day. And then the next day was the, you know, the, my father, uh, we went to my father's house and my father had been dead a year and I hadn't been in his house for a year. And then I saw this, my stepmother brought out this box of his watches I still have it. Um, and when I saw the box of his watches, every watch that he'd had since I was little, like there was, there were watches in there my mother bought for him. I just couldn't keep it together. And I just started crying and crying and crying. And one of my family members, you know, basically called me a mess and said that I didn't consider how my emotions affected other people which was true which was true and then after a couple of hours of crying one of my other family members again who I'll do the courtesy to not name said well are you gonna be able to stop soon because if you don't stop like you might have to like go to a hospital or something and I'm thinking like you fucking piece of shit like I have not processed the death of my parent for a year this is appropriate And uh, th th that person was not a piece of shit. That was just my, my feeling at the time. But I was looking at myself. Remember, I, I, this is the second rock bottom. And I slipped again into the eyes of observer. And as I was in the eyes of observer, I was observing myself crying in a house with puffy eyes 
drinking cans of Genesee in a chair alone on Christmas night and someone that is closer to me than anything said that line to me. And I thought, this is self-hate. All of this is self-hate. I have not processed the death of my parent for a year. I just got drunk instead. Just didn't even pay attention. He died. I went to California, pretended I didn't feel it. I didn't process this for an entire year. And now it's all coming up because I can't hold it in anymore. And this is the disrespect that I receive from this person. But also, I'm drunk and just ruined Christmas. So, you know, this was my... my, my uh, future sister-in-law's first Christmas with us so of course her first experience and she's Jewish so this is her first Christmas you know with us and um here I am having a a two-day meltdown because I'm I'm such a disaster I realized in that moment I didn't feel emotions I didn't know how and I said okay I'm not gonna drink until I get this in order because Look at the character I'm playing in my story. What the fuck? This is a person who hates herself in a really ugly way. And this has to stop. This has to stop. And that was, that was my second rock bottom. And I, and I wonder like, is a rock bottom necessary? Like, I think like we, we consistently have rock bottoms and they always say the universe will just drop branches until it drops the tree. So really, I think it's just your definition of what the rock bottom is. Like, what's the, what's the tipping point? What's the, the most you're going to put up with? And that happened to me in the airport incident. And it happened to me that Christmas where I just said, okay, I'm done putting up with this. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not right. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. I love myself enough to say, I don't fucking deserve this. And you see like your little kid self. And you look at that person and you're like, oh my God, like I'm going to come and save you. I'm going to take care of you, sweetheart. Like I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to save you. It's okay. And you like rub your own face. You know, you you hold yourself in this way that you understand, okay, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save you. And that was it. That was it. I, I stopped drinking right after that. And I'm not going to say that there haven't been times where I haven't had to do that in the future. I mean, with compulsive behavior, yeah, I mean, that was the last time. Like, I don't have addictions anymore. I have coffee. Co- coffee is an addiction. But I, I don't have any others. And I, I have the will to practice radical self-love. And that, that is true. I have the will. I have the will to get up every day and run so that my mental health doesn't tank. I have the will to meditate so that my mental health doesn't tank. I have the will to not drink so that I don't become that sad, sorry, fucking disgusting person that like I'm not. I'm not that sad, sorry person. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow myself to be that. I love myself too much. Do you have the will to love yourself? Do you have the will? If you, if you have a child, would you want that child to be that? And if you don't have a child, can you see yourself as a child and think, fuck, let me fix it. Let me make it better. Let me make it better for you by taking care of me right now. The reason why 
because everything is happening all at once. We only perceive time as linear. Do you have the will to love yourself enough to go through the hard times because your chronic pain is awful? I don't know. But you need it. You need the will. And that will comes with love. You don't know how to love yourself. We can have a conversation. Because you gotta, you know, loving yourself is important. And I would love to say that I could beat you into submission to do something. I can't. You can shame somebody into wanting to do something. Sure, you can. You can shame somebody into wanting to quit smoking or stop drinking. But you know what's going to happen? They're going to resent you. They're going to resent you and they're going to come back with a vengeance in spite. And that doesn't work. Shaming yourself, beating yourself, yelling at yourself, that doesn't work. The only thing that works is the will to love yourself. That's it. That's the only thing that does it. Do you have the will? I would love to invite you to ask yourself that question as you go forward in your week. I am here if you want to have a conversation. Day one is closed. So if you listen to last week's episode, day one is now closed. It will not reopen. It might reopen at the end of 2023. I haven't decided. I might not reopen it till 2024. I might never reopen it. And for a lot of the same reasons, right? Like I'm, I, I want to qualify for Boston in the fall. I don't know if I will, but I want to. And what are the things I love more than anything? I love one-on-one coaching and I love running. And so this summer, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to coach people one-on-one and I'm going to run. And that's all I'm going to do. And um, maybe, you know, I might release the day one course for some passive income uh, without the group, without the community, without the experience. But uh, yeah, right, right. That's self-love, you know, knowing your boundaries, taking care of yourself. So that is something, day one is closed, but... I'm still available uh, if you ever want to have a conversation, if some of these concepts resonate with you and you are feeling like you're ready to take a look at some of them. I have uh, a handful of one-on-one clients right now. They are great. I do have space for more, not too many more. I'm not going to say, oh, I have this many definitive spots, but like two, like I have, I have space for two. I have the emotional capacity to handle two. So... If you feel like you're one of those two, you can reach out. Like you can you can have a conversation with me. I have a process for how that works. There is an application on my website. I am going to be adding to it because it is right now short just because I want, you know, I wanted people to take steps, but really there is a certain type of person that I work with, so it does require that we have a conversation first. It is a long conversation to see if I'm right for you and you're right for me because I only work with certain types of people. And uh, that's that's just the way that it is. So I would love for you to reach out to me if you want to have that conversation. There's no strings to that conversation. There's no, like, uh, you don't owe me anything for that conversation. But we do need to have that conversation if this is something that you're interested in. So reach out, uh, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, at getthefuckoff.com. You can also subscribe to Get the Fuck Off emails at breakfree.getthefuckoff.com if you want to keep updated on some of the things that I'm going to be doing within the next couple months or the next year. If you don't get my emails already, you're going to definitely want to do that. So thank you for joining me 
for another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Love you so much. It's so nice to have you here. I would not be be where I am without you. I mean, I every time a new human comes into my orbit that I had not previously known and they say it's from the podcast, I'm always a little surprised because it was 2020 when I just started talking to the void and I had five subscribers and I'm pretty sure that they were people that I knew. So when new humans come into my orbit, I'm always like, whoa, that's so fucking sweet. <laughs> So I love it and uh, I love to hear from you. I know most people do not tell you. Like most people don't reach out. That's okay. There's no pressure to reach out. But when somebody does, it's extra cool. So thank you. Thank you for those of you who do. I hope you have a great week ahead. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay beautiful. And I'll see you next time.